Welcome back to the Encounter Radio Show on 99.1 FM WJMM, life-changing radio. So grateful that you're tuning in to a week of Christmas messages. We're talking about the hope of Christmas. Today is part three for the hope of Christmas. Thank you for your support of Encounter. Please continue to do that. Thank you for your prayers. If you have any questions you'd like to contact me, please email me at bill at thehopeencounter.org, bill at thehopeencounter.org. So the first two days of this week, part one and part two, we've been talking about the hope of Christmas. We've been talking about how messed up our families are, but God came to take our mess and make it his masterpiece. And you can't spell the name Messiah without the letters M-E-S-S and the word mess. Uh, and when yesterday we started talking about the lineage of Jesus and how messed up that is with some of the dysfunction and the sin and the craziness. And that gives me hope. I hope it gives you hope that God uses imperfect people to accomplish his will. And we started talking about Mary, who was from Nazareth. And Nazareth was sort of a pass-through town. It was a town where people would just... Uh, the Roman soldiers would usually pummel through the town, take advantage of the women and children, steal everything. And uh, it was just a hard town. But yet, here's this young lady, maybe 13. Bible doesn't say for sure. And we, we ended the show with this thought. Mary is the only person to ever live who had Jesus in her womb and Jesus in her heart. And in, in the Christmas story, we see this encounter that Mary has with the angel Gabriel in Luke 1, 26 through 33. It says, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you ought to call him Jesus. He will be great and will, and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never end. Did you catch that? Uh what an amazing encounter. Now, think about this. Mary was a woman of true humility. Look how the, the, look how the angel Gabriel greets Mary. He says, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, some have taken that statement and turned that into a prayer, uh, giving Mary sort of more due than what she should be getting. I grew up in, in, in a place where uh, I was taught to pray this prayer. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. But I, what I learned later on when I got saved and I gave my life to Jesus Christ, uh, that Mary might have been, Mary was full of grace, but it wasn't as if grace was emanating from Mary. Grace was extended to Mary. Mary was a sinner who realized that she needed a savior just like everyone else. That's why she said in, in her song, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices 
in God, my Savior. She was actually shocked to find out that she was chosen to carry the Son of God in her womb. She was amazed that God would choose her, but she needed a Savior just as much as anyone else. And we don't need to pray to her or through her, but we do need to recognize that she was chosen by God. So Mary is an incredible key person because she is going to give birth to the Son of God. There's one one other character worth mentioning. That's Joseph. He's sort of the unsung hero of the Christmas story. You don't see songs written about him. Uh, but just as surely as God chose Mary to be the mother of Jesus, he chose Joseph to be the stepfather of Jesus on earth. And Jesus grew up like any other boy. And Joseph was a great dad. He was a just man. So here we have two morally and sexually pure people up to this point, And here's where the chaos happens. Here's where two good people walk into a storm that they don't know what to do. And they don't know how to handle it. And all of a sudden, one day, Mary approaches Joseph and says, she's pregnant. And can you imagine the thoughts running through the mind of Joseph? Because up to this point, he didn't get a visitation. And Mary, while she might have explained that she's had the visitation, in Joseph's mind, Mary's lying. In Joseph's mind, Mary had sex with someone else. Who? When? Why? Where? Could you imagine the thought process of what Joseph is going through? And that's why the Bible said, because he was a righteous man, he decided uh, to divorce her quietly. I mean, who did Joseph have the call? Who could, he, who could he counsel? But again, he was a great man of character and restraint. The Bible says this in Matthew 1, because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But watch this. This is so, if you're listening, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. That's the, that's the reason for Christmas. That's why Jesus came. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. You know, when I'm reading that Christmas story on this radio station, as I've been studying it for the past several weeks, here's the thought that, that's been on my mind. Joseph could have walked away, but he didn't. Joseph simply believed and obeyed. Mary believed and obeyed. Mary said it this way in Luke 138, May it be to me as you said. So both Mary and Joseph did something which astounds me. While they both had visitations, one by an angel, one in a dream, and both of them just simply believed and obeyed. You know, there's something about the person that just simply believes and obeys, that simply trusts God, that takes God at his word, 
that simply accepts the Christmas message that Jesus came to save us from our sins. And when we accept him as our Lord and Savior and the forgiver of our sins, our life has changed. Our life has changed. So what do we learn from this amazing story uh, of all these characters in the lineage of Jesus? There's hope in our mess. There's hope in our empty lives. There's hope in our dysfunctional families. There's hope even when we've blown it a thousand times. There's hope even when our family and family tree and genealogy is full of dysfunction. There's hope even when we go through the most difficult, tumultuous seasons of our lives that tis the season can bring hope, healing, and restoration. I mean, when the bottom drops out and you're faced with the biggest calamity of your life, the Christmas story, the hope of Christmas, brings hope. And you know, when the bottom drops out, God doesn't always give you a person to help you walk through it. Sometimes he just gives you Job. I mean, can anyone in one day face the loss of 10 children, become homeless, lose a fortune, and, and your health all in one day? And then 42 chapters later, you see a man back in the presence of God, being restored by God in one of the greatest examples of how God can take you through the darkest seasons of your life, put you back on that rock, get you out of that slimy pit, and give you a firm place to stand. God is great, and he can, he's always, always willing to provide healing, restoration, hope, and deliverance from whatever we go through. So what do we learn from the genealogy of Jesus? One, it's given to us so God's grace can be richly displayed. Look at all those characters and sins that we've been talking about all week on the Encounter Radio Show. We should never look at, but because of that, we should never look at God's grace as a red light to continue to sin. There are consequences for our sins. While, while, David is included and probably the most important person in the messianic line. David was never ex excluded from the consequences of his sins. He was forgiven. He was restored. But there were mighty consequences, and there was always consequences for our sins. Number two, so the focus would be on Jesus and not on his family. See, when we read the genealogy, he was sinless, but he was also tempted like we are. And watch this. He was even made fun of by his own family. Yes, Joseph and Mary had other children. And when Jesus came back to his hometown, you probably heard the famous quote of Jesus, a prophet is, is without honor in his hometown. And because of their lack of belief, he, he couldn't perform many miracles. That's his own family. They sort of made fun of him. And number three, so that we might have hope for our future and the future of our family. So what's the state of your family this Christmas? What are your expectations? Because Jesus came to bring hope in hopeless situations. Jesus came to bring hope in our dysfunction. Jesus came to bring hope in our mess and our emptiness. That's his purpose, to save us from our sins. See, the hope of Christmas is not about giving and receiving presents. It's about receiving the greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ, into your life. It's about how God can fill the emptiness of your life and fill it with his joy, his peace, his life, and his grace. There's a pastor and storyteller named Robert Morgan. He once wrote this. He said, most people don't understand Christmas. They never think beyond the babe in the manger. But Christmas is, is about emptiness. An empty throne, an empty manger, an empty cross, an empty tomb, all of which fill our empty hearts. It's a circuit. 
When Jesus travels from heaven to earth, he used a round-trip ticket with stops along the way. He left the throne for the manger, the manger for the cross, the cross for the tomb, and the tomb for the throne. He left blessings behind at every stop. He emptied himself so that we might be filled. That's the true story of Christmas. That means Jesus came into the world with the cross in mind. Since God cannot die, the second person of the Trinity entered into the human race through the virgin womb of Mary, taking on flesh and becoming a man. He did this to offer himself as a sacrifice for our sins. He was born to die, and he died to rise again. And because of his death, we can live forgiven. And because of his resurrection, we can live forever. And that's why an empty Christmas is so fulfilling. My prayer for you this Christmas is that you experience an empty Christmas so that you may be filled with joy and peace and know that Emmanuel is always with you and you are never alone. I pray that you empty yourself and let the babe who came for you fill you with the present and presence of his Holy Spirit. I pray that you would not miss the wonder and real reason why we celebrate Christmas and that this Christmas will be the best one ever for you and your family. As a pastor in California, a good friend of mine named Pastor Marty Walker from the Sanctuary Church where Encounter got started. And by the way, this past weekend was our sixth year anniversary for Encounter. And here's a hope statement for you as we close this Encounter radio show. Pastor Marty Walker said this, What we hope for shapes what we live for. What we hope for shapes what we live for. I hope you live your life never forgetting the babe in a manger that came knocking on the doorpost of your heart so that he can be your God.